Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. My name is Rob Howden. I'll be joined by David Cole. And the event that we will look at today is the United States Pro Kart Series event, the Carolina Grand Prix from GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. This week's show presented by Cartlift. 15 years of bringing racers the best karting products is what Cartlift is all about. Whether it's the industry-leading winch lift motorized lift stand, our stand-up tire changer, or our chassis skid plates, you can be sure that our products are well thought out and designed to make your weekend more productive and to save wear and tear on your body and equipment. Cartlift cart stands, built in the USA, built to last. All right, David, let's do this, man. You uh, you were down in what I guess was another hot weekend in uh, – in North Carolina, down at uh, the USPKS event uh, in Mooresville. Some great racing, though. I tuned in throughout the weekend to get some of the play-by-play and enjoyed it. And uh, it seemed like there was just really good racing going on. Uh, very good racing, Rob. Um, one of the biggest uh, issues, obviously, was the weather uh, throughout the weekend. You know, it, I, I, I kind of finished the weekend just done sweating with the humidity. And it just, it just was a thick air. And you, and to be honest, you know, everybody says, well, it's a dry heat. When you go to Phoenix, it's a dry heat. You don't feel like you're being suffocated all weekend long with the air. So I would gladly take the 105 temperatures we had in Phoenix over the hundred degree heat index that we had in, in North Carolina. Wow. You heard it here today, folks. David Cole would rather be in 106 degrees in Phoenix than 98 and sweltering in, in North Carolina. I, dude, I understand it. It's That's the kind of summers we have up here in Ontario. It's it's hot and it's hot right now. We, we're always talking humidex, right? It's always, you know, up in, in Canada, of course, in Celsius, it's always 35 degrees Celsius with a humidex of 45. And uh, when you get humid like that, especially on a weekend where you're, where you're racing and you're running in and out of air conditioning, potentially up in the the tower. It makes for a tough, tough just, weekend. Just, you know, staying cool was obviously the number one uh, objective for everybody, you know, whether it was just sitting in the shade, you know, thankfully the, uh, the grid at GoPro Motorplex has the, uh, the big shade tent there so people can sit underneath that. So at least gets you out of the sun. But, you know, if there, if the breeze wasn't blowing around, it, it really felt miserable. Uh, so obviously when you're in the cart moving around, you know, that's better than sitting in, you know, your suit waiting and waiting and waiting, you know, whether it be you break something on the sideline or you're sitting on the grid. But, uh, yeah, so a lot of uh, there's a lot of ice cream being used, a lot of popsicles, you know, people <laughs> using towels and umbrellas to stay cool. You know, a lot a lot of that was uh, the main focal point. Now, Dave, you've uh, you know, obviously two years ago, GoPro was a season opener. Is that in your mind? Do you take a step back and say maybe GoPro a little better if it's run in either March or April? Actually, two years ago was uh, was actually during the summertime. Um, oh, okay. Every last year was was an opener, and every year other than 2016, it was in April. So yes, uh, we were just there in March for the WK race. Uh, you know, typically USPKS opens a year in, in Mooresville. This year, opening up in Ocala. So uh, this was actually the sixth straight year that we've been with USPKS at, at GoPro. So obviously, the first time I was ever there was with USPKS in April 2013. It was a okay. it was a rainy, cold, cold weekend. So yeah, I mean, I mean, you you know, you don't necessarily want that, 
but just, you know, this, and it, and it's not always this type of weather in North Carolina. It was, it was near record, record heat indexes. So again, you know, we're, we're, we're setting records wherever we go. Phoenix, we set records for, for high temp, uh, you know, North Carolina, we're almost setting records for uh heat index. So, uh, yes, I would definitely like to be there in March and April as long as it doesn't rain. But, you know, again, if it doesn't rain this weekend or if the heat index wasn't so high, it'd be perfect racing weather. So, David, I was listening to um, some of the broadcast and as I said, the racing sounded like it was fantastic. Also, you know, obviously watching on, on the EKN live page, you can see live timing as well. It seemed like pretty solid numbers this year. Yeah, the numbers this year were were very good. Uh, the, the event was actually up from Ocala. Um, so that, that was a plus, uh, we nearly broke last year's high that was set at Newcastle, uh, with 138 this weekend in Mooresville. So it wasn't quite as big as what Newcastle was last year, but again, I think Newcastle will be even bigger than Mooresville was, uh, this weekend. So, um, it was, what do you attribute well, it, to? The, the two weekends before the Supercars USA pro pro tour summer nationals that definitely draws in a lot more competitors who tip or out of out of the area say a lot of west coast drivers making their way up over pacific northwest texas people you know a lot of a lot of people last year came to newcastle to get ready for the summer nets so i'm expecting kind of the same situation where i think most racers tend to use a race weekend as a as a testing session rather than just going there and busting down hundreds of laps all by yourself so uh, I think I think that's going to help bring the the numbers hopefully even more than 138 uh, at Newcastle uh, in July. What do you think about the the addition of the IAMI Masters category? I think that's probably a, has been a really good uh, you know added benefit or added class added uh, push in terms of a different di- a demographic for USPKS. Well, it was a demographic that wasn't really. Uh, focused on here on the east coast there there's really no place for masters drivers to go race other than club and maybe a couple of regional programs here or there uh you know we see the f series has like a gentleman's club or like a semi-pro category uh so you're seeing good numbers there but but nationally uh uspks used to have a master's class Uh, chuck or was the inaugural champion uh, but it kind of went away after that uh, because just the numbers weren't supportive there. But now that people are getting more behind it and and see the the benefit that USPKS has to offer, uh, it was it was kind of a win win. You know, people thought it would have been better to do KA, but KA is not quite there yet. I think in, in terms of Masters racers, uh, we have a lot of the, a lot of the Masters drivers are on the X30s now, uh, whether it be in Florida, in the Northeast, in the Midwest. You know, that's kind of what it's what it's been is is a joint effort of all these racers from all these different regions coming together at the USPKS. And with 17 racers uh, in Ocala, 18 this weekend, uh, it, it was pretty good. Uh, when you look at the class numbers, what are the high points for you? I see that, uh, you know, 30 guys in in IAMI Pro, which I think is big. Uh, other than that, are there others that you hate say, hey, you know what? This I see growth here. Well, it was good to see the 30 number again, pro. Uh, that's something we yeah. haven't seen. We saw last year in Newcastle, and that was the only other time. Uh, up until then, uh, 30 was the average uh, that we typically saw throughout the season uh, in the pro category. But, you know, so it's good to see that growth again uh, at that, you know, at that age group, you know, that 15 and over. Because, <laughs> again, 
with another topic for another podcast, we're seeing a lot of guys going away a little bit too early. So it's good to see that. Um, but yeah, you're just adding, and then you're adding in the KA numbers. Uh, you know, obviously last year we had the senior category and that averaged over 20. We had 22 there uh, in GoPro, but 17 in KA junior, you know, it's the KA program is definitely growing at the club and regional level and, and having it at the USPKS, it, it provides them an ex, an ex, extra opportunity to compete against others from around the, uh, the East, East coast. So, uh, you know, again, in terms of numbers, we're seeing growth in, in all the categories. So it was a win-win uh, weekend for the program. Sounds good. Folks, uh, episode number 26 of the EKN Debrief, David Cole breaking down his recent trip to the US PKS event at uh, GoPro in, in Mooresville, North Carolina. Stick with us. When we come back after this break, David's going to talk a bit about what happened inside the paddock. From coast to coast, IAMI has become the two-cycle engine of choice for American karting. Starting with the air-cooled 60cc Swift engine and moving through to the incredible X30 power plant, IAMI is providing much-needed stability for the sport. The Swift and X30 engines are the backbone of the Superkart USA Pro Tour and Pro Kart Challenge Series, as well as the USPKS, the Route 66 Sprint Series, and the WKA Manufacturers Cup. We're thrilled to introduce the new IAMI KA100 Rejet engine with a special introductory price of just $16.95 until the end of February. The new engine is getting rave reviews and will be part of the USPKS, Route 66, and WKA Man Cup programs in 2018. Watch for more regions of the country to get on board with this new formula. We have two distribution centers in the U.S. to serve you well. IAMI East in Mooresville, North Carolina, and IAMI West in Temecula, California. The momentum is continuing to build, so it's time to make an investment in stabilizing your engine program. For more information on IAMI, head to the website for your region, IAMIUSAEast.com or IAMIUSAWest.com. Since 2003, K1 Race Gear has been a one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor karting needs. From racing shoes, suits, and driving gloves to chest protectors, rib vests, accessories, and bags, K1 Race Gear provides quality karting products for the enthusiast and the professional alike. We have an incredible lineup of K1 karting suits designed to fit everyone's budget. Check out our entry-level GK2, the new Apex 2, and our top-of-the-line Speed 1 suit. Then, choose from our Apex and RS1 karting gloves and add in our K1 shoes, rib protectors, and neck collars. If you need a custom suit to support your sponsors, we can create a custom look as unique as you are. As you would expect, our custom suits are made to order. With pricing as low as $495, you're sure to find a suit that not only satisfies your racing needs, but is easy on the wallet as well. We take care of all of our customers at K1 Race Gear, not just the ones with deep pockets. Visit k1racegear.com today and get everything you need for your next racing season. Welcome back to episode number 26 of the EKN Debrief. David Cole and Rob Howden breaking down the most recent event of the United States Pro Kart Series, the Carolina Grand Prix uh, from GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. We're going to move now into the Paddock Pass, brought to you this episode by Acceleration Kart Racing. Acceleration Kart Racing has everything you need to go racing, from tires to helmets. 
They have a great website for you to order from and kart racers ready to pick up the phone and answer your questions six days a week. With over 20 years of kart racing under their belts, Acceleration Kart Racing has the experience to help you succeed on track. You can rely on them to get the parts you need when you need them. Make Acceleration Kart Racing your go-to source for everything karting. All right, David, jumping in. Lots actually going on, I think, in the paddock. Maybe more than uh, more than usual. There's a little bit of industry news. We got the return of a, a pro driver. Uh, you got some actually a lot of industry news because you know a legends at the racetrack. We've got some equipment being de- uh, debuted. There's a heck of a lot going on in the paddock. There was this weekend. Obviously, the biggest news uh, that was going around, and I didn't really notice because I got there uh, late Friday was. Uh, uh, the split between uh, the Bennick duo, uh, Ben Crittenden and uh, Nick Mitchell have parted ways. Uh, ben is moving on with his own team operation, going to focus solely on just uh, operating a team and uh, has uh, worked out a relationship with OTK. So uh, he had a couple drivers, one of them being uh, Kai Sorensen uh, on the OTK product. So uh, that'll be something interesting to watch. Um Obviously, it was his first weekend on the OTK product, the Tony Kart, and so it was, you know, kind of what we were kind of keeping an eye on that throughout the weekend. Uh, Nick is continuing on with the Benick brand, uh, so you know, obviously, some drivers have gone away from from the Benick brand. Some drivers have stayed with it, and some have just moved on to uh, other teams or or brands uh, chassis makes. So um, that'll be interesting to watch and see uh, how things unfold uh, moving forward with that situation. That's that's pretty solid news because obviously Ben and Nick uh, really did kind of fire things up in terms of the cadet classes, you know, the micro and mini with the, with their chassis line and their team. Um, that's that's some pretty serious information, I think. Well, you know, like and I like I was talking with a couple of people about it. They really uh, hit a uh, uh, an area in the market that wasn't really being looked at. It had been previously in the past by by other uh, chassis manufacturers and and race teams. Uh, one of them we talked about when was uh, Novoso. The Novoso cart was very popular in the in the early two thousands, and it Agreed. was it was solely on the cadet model. Um, we saw a lot of domination by the Burrell brand uh, under the MRP tan, uh, band, uh, tent. Uh, a lot of, you know, a Sage Karam was one of them. So that, that kind of helped that, uh, that brand grow in the cadet model. You know, another the one, big, David, another interesting one, David is, uh, was the Hunkos brand. Obviously Ricardo Hunkos now all the way into the Verizon IndyCar series with his team, but he started with his own cadet chassis. Yeah, that was, that was like, I think part of the, uh, Nervoso type area, yep. um, around that time, you know, obviously he only kept kept it going for a few years uh, same with Novoso before they uh they they parted ways with the the carding uh part of their uh, organization but uh yeah so it, 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 they uh they kind of just came in and and focused on that one area and did a very successful job doing it um so it, it'll be interesting to see how things unfold uh you know where people go where people end up what you know, I think I think product wise, you know, I think people will be all right with, uh, you know, going with maybe non Benick branded material. So we'll see. So uh, a couple of big names in the paddock as well. It was good to see Scott's feedback. Yeah, it was it was good to see him. Obviously, uh, I believe he still lives in the North Carolina area. 
So it was kind of a home race for him at, at Mooresville, uh, joining his speed concepts racing operation, you know, led by his father and brother, Mike and uh, Alex. Uh, I tell you what, things don't change under that tent. You know, they are at it a hundred percent. They, you know, it's, <laughs> know. it's go or no go type, type attitude. So they were definitely working hard at it. Uh, this time, instead of uh, racing in Miami Masters, which he won in Ocala, uh, in the one race that he did, uh, he elected to go in Miami Pro. Uh, ran top ten throughout the weekend. Had had the pace to run up top ten. You know, obviously some some issues here and there kind of kind of hampered his results. Uh, qualified fourth on Sunday, but just uh, just wasn't able to produce uh, that type of result in the finals uh, on the weekend. But still, you know, good to see. You know, Father's Day weekend, he got to spend time with his with his dad. Uh, obviously, his two daughters there. Uh, with him as well so you know good a good well, family weekend for the speeds that's awesome i like to hear that having them all together at the track and i think it's cool that he's coming back i like the fact that they jumped into Miami pro i think that's good uh and obviously he'll have a good season this year running uh in the rally the new the new rally cross series all right who else who else we have in the paddock anybody else uh, one of the legend, most legendary carters, uh, around the world terry fullerton was uh once again there in mooresville uh there to provide assistance and uh, tutelage for uh, the drivers on his chassis brand, the Fullerton. Uh, obviously, Austin Garrison has done a phenomenal job uh, this season aboard that. Uh, kind of had an up-and-down weekend for him. Another one, Blake Hunt in the KA100 category as well. Uh, a challenging weekend for him. But, uh, you know, it's always good to see uh, a legend like Terry uh, at the racetrack uh, over, coming back overseas and, and helping out uh, his chassis model. Agreed. I always like when Terry comes into town. We usually see him at the Super Nats as well, and uh, good for him to come out to Mooresville for that USPKS race. Now, you know, we talked about Bennett. You talked about Scott Speed and Terry Fullerton being there. But, again, I think one of – maybe maybe even the biggest news nah, – I'm not sure if the biggest news, but technically-wise, uh, OTK uh, essentially debuting their new front fairing. I think I think the word you're looking for is visually impact, a visual impact. <laughs> visual impact? Yes, because yeah. – the the new OTK fairing made its debut here uh, at the USPKS, and I think really the the first uh, USA events for it. Uh, it, it <laughs> a lot of people are jumping on board with it just just because it's that new flashy, unique look that you know people kind of g- grab on and go with. You know they think, oh, it's going to get me two tenths. Oh, you know it's so cool, I need to have it. But on the on the other end, you have all these. Uh, Induendos uh, regarding the look and and how it is, how it really you know what you could do with it type deal. So it was quite it was quite interesting to see it and you know going you know taking photos of it out there. It it really reminded me of the Hager Road Racing fairing that we've that they implemented I think more than two decades ago uh, for road racing and still being used at the road race events. Uh, it just you know it has that curvature. That from from the the very bottom all the way to the top of the steering wheel that reminds yeah. me of the Hager thing. It's just everything around it that <laughs> that just pe- pe- have people kind of laughing at it, but also people like liking it. You know, <laughs> what was what was the overall feel? Did you did you get a feel for people saying no way, it's ugly, I don't like it, yeah. or like it? it yeah, I think you, you mentioned in your notes that it, it didn't come out and like win win any races, so it's not like it all of a sudden one races and people no, have to have it. It's not, I mean, that's a thing. Again, we're sprint racing. The, the aerodynamics may, may factor in a little bit, 
but you know, I think we'll find out more maybe at Newcastle, to be honest, where, where the speeds are going to get sure. probably well above 60 miles an hour, 70, maybe even 80 in the shifter category. So uh, I think there we'll, we'll maybe see a, a trend towards this and maybe even the Perlin uh, fairing, which, you know, in an Instagram poll that we that we started uh, this weekend, the Perlin fairing actually won over the OTK in, in terms of more appealing, I think. Uh, but again, okay. you know, Interesting. until we have an actual comparison on track, we won't really know uh, what these what these will do at high speeds. At, at least in my turn, in my opinion. Now, there's some input from David Cole, and again, that is our paddock pass segment on this episode of the EKN debrief. David's breaking down the USPKS Carolina Grand Prix that took place last weekend at GoPro Motorplex. On the other side of this break, folks, it's time to start talking racing. The Race Report, up next. For top quality kart racing east of the Mississippi, check out the United States Pro Kart Series and the Route 66 Sprint Series. Two incredible series supported passionately by MG Tires and IAMI USA East. As a three-race program in 2018, the United States Pro Kart Series will complete its season at the Hoosier State Grand Prix on July 27th, 28th, 29th at Newcastle Motorsports Park in Indiana. If you're looking for the finest series featuring top-notch IAMI X30, KA100, and Mini Swift competition, come race with us at Newcastle. Check out www.uspks.com for all the information you'll need. If fun and affordable regional racing in Wisconsin, Indiana, and Illinois fits into your idea of a great weekend at the track, the Route 66 Sprint Series will be returning to Road America at the end of June to race at the repaved SeaTech Manufacturing Motorplex on June 29th, 30th, and July 1st. Route 66 offers Yamaha, KA100, and Swift classes and is one of the most popular and well-run programs in the United States. To learn more, head to www.route66cartracing.com. In racing, you always want to be focused on improvement. Improving your driving, your braking, your lines, and your understanding of chassis dynamics. At the Rawls Performance Group, we specialize in driver development and providing a platform to maximize every opportunity for success. Our staff is made up of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. We're dedicated to your development, your constant improvement, and your success. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. It's what we do. We win. RPG can provide training and trackside support for many of the sport's biggest programs. In 2018, we will be running the Supercart USA Pro Tour, Winter Series, the Super Nationals, and both the California Pro Kart Challenge and the Can-Am Karting Challenge. If you're looking forward to 2018 and you want to explode out of the gate to put in the best season of your life, call us to reserve a space under our tent for the inaugural Scusa Winter Series. We'll be in Florida to win championships, and we'd love to have you with us. Welcome back to episode number 26 of the EKND Brief. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. David was trackside for the USPKS Carolina Grand Prix at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. Time for us now to jump in to the race report. Go uh, class by class, giving you the update on who won the races, who stood out in terms of uh, maybe David's opinions. This episode or this edition of the race report presented by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. 
If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy offers custom coaching programs for newcomers and experienced racers alike. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. So David, race report time. Let's uh let's kick off with the big dogs. Let's uh let's start with with IME Pro. Yeah, IME Pro with again 30 drivers, which is which is always good to see. Uh, big fields, so obviously a lot of racing going on. But uh, up front, it was the Brandon Jarzakrak show uh, with money showing the way all weekend long, leading every on-track session uh, aboard his Kart Sport wow. North America Kart Republic machine. Uh, the defending champion scored maximum points, definitely puts him back into the championship chase. Uh, you know, kind of an on-off weekend he had in, in Ocala, so this definitely helps him put him back in there uh, up against Austin Garrison, who was – was as dominant in Ocala as he was, uh, in Mooresville. So, um, uh, the, the top challenger on the weekend was the Merlin USA driver, Austin Schaff definitely had the pace to challenge for, for against jars of crack. Wasn't quite able to catch him on Saturday. So he had a runner up there. Uh, Sunday had his best shot actually took the lead for a, a brief second before jars crack took it back and then, um, got, got shuffled all the way back out of the top five, but was managed, managed his way, managed to get his way back up into the second spot by the checker flag. So uh, nice, nice, nice to see him able to get work his way back up there. That's, uh, that's oftentimes uh, a big thing for a young driver, right? To get, to get shuffled back and then realize you have the, the ability to work your way back to second. That's all. Well, yeah, for Schaff, it was only his third weekend in the senior category. So wow. it's, it's still a learning curve. Plus he had a new chassis this weekend. So the Merlin was working perfect for him. I think he's he's more comfortable with it. Uh, and he's just, you know, again, just has to uh, continue to work on that racecraft against these these uh, very experienced senior drivers, especially going up against, say, a Jarza Crack or, or Jake Donald or, or Austin Garrison, guys like these. So uh, um, it'll be uh, interesting to see how he does at Newcastle. But uh, okay. rounding out the podium, uh, Armin Kavkusik was uh, third on Saturday. Uh, Alex Bertignoli made it two kart republics on Sunday, along with two team F- FMS drivers, uh, Bertignoli running under the Franklin Motorsports uh, banner. Uh, he took third on Saturday, so that was his second trip to the uh, podium this season. Actually, Austin Garrison finished second on Sunday, uh, having a great drive from from the tail of the field all the way up to second. Uh, but a bumper penalty once again cost him two positions and knocked him off the, the podium. So, <laughs> Ouch, that'll leave a yeah, mark. You know, and and believe me, he wasn't the only one to uh, to either lose lose positions by the bumper or by uh, um, unavoidable contact. So there's a lot of penalties still yeah. being handed out. That's for sure on the weekend. When when we when we do the wrap up at the end of the podcast here, the debrief, I'm going to ask you about exactly that. We're going to talk racecraft, but you can do that in the in the, uh, in the wrap up. Yeah. So, uh, continuing on to, uh, K 100, uh, I think one of the, one of the, uh, karting community's favorite drivers is T- veteran TJ Coyen, you know, very personable, talkable person. Everybody loves his artwork at octane visual, uh, all the helmets he does. And, and, and they, they know they can go to, to, to TJ for a lot of new people go to TJ for advice and guidance and setup and, 
And it was good to see him actually do what he hasn't done in the first five years of the USBKS, which is actually win a main event. So Coyen was, was without a doubt the most consistent driver throughout the weekend uh, and was able to win both main events uh, on the weekend. Uh, he didn't quite have the fastest cart. His innovative Expri was was fast, but wasn't the fastest. But obviously, being the veteran, drove smart, drove consistent, knew exactly where, yep. where to be uh, in certain uh, situations. Uh, I think he qualified seventh one, or fourth one day and eighth the next. So, again, didn't quite have the outright speed, but but the race pace and consistency was there all weekend long. That's pretty solid to do. And, and as you said, just, just to update people, again, 22 drivers in the KA100 category too. So it's not like it was a small category. It was a good, you know, 11-row start. Uh, so for, for TJ Coy, and I'm sure he was thrilled to get just get back to where he's been before and, and knocking out some race wins. Well, yeah, not to mention the the, the KA100 field is, is I, you know, I mean, you could probably say that first half had the ability to win. And, yeah, and nice. at one point in the pre-final, I believe the lead pack was 11 guys until – you know, some cut, some contact actually shuffled them up and that, that allowed TJ to actually take the prefrontal win because he went from like, I'd say, you know, sixth to third, you know, because of contact. So, you know, again, yeah. it's finding the right places to be at the right time. So no doubt, uh, rounding out the week, the weekend for that category, Dusty Davis ran second on Saturday, Emery Lida, another senior rookie, uh, getting his best series, uh, Result at the series with a runner-up in his uh, series debut in the senior category. Uh, Mike McAndrews made a return back to the, the series, a former champion. Um, a number of podium f- and victories for him uh, in Yamaha and Tag Jr. All, a number of years at the USPKS. Uh, he was able to run third both days uh, on the Fullerton. So, again, working with uh, veteran tuner Chris Lobaugh and Kevin Nelson on the engine. Uh, a great weekend for McAndrews. Always good to see him at the car track. One, another, again, another great driver, uh, respected driver, very crafty, and a uh, very fast driver as well. Nice. Uh, and good to see Mike come back. And again, like as you said, Terry Fullerton's here. They got the full crew around him. Always good to see uh, uh, Mike back at the track. Uh, let's move into to IAMI Junior, David. Pretty good field. Uh, 16 drivers up five from the opening round. So a nice group of drivers. And uh, and Jeremy Fairburn stepping up and, and really making the weekend a memorable one for him. He did. Uh, the field was was. I probably a little bit more stacked than it was in Ocala, not to mention deeper, but uh, also a little bit more stronger in terms of uh, drivers that were there. So, so Fairburn making his USPKS debut for the season uh, came out and uh, was quick, was probably top three throughout the entire weekend. I don't think he fell anywhere outside the top three uh, in his uh, Jay Howard driver development. Cosmic uh, was able to come away with uh, the win on Saturday and the win on Sunday. Uh, contending against Luca Mars, Matthew Dunkovich, and uh, Canadian Justin Arsenault all weekend wow. long. You know, it's uh, it always impresses me because you, you know, in a, in a junior category, you're going to get those five, six guys in that lead pack. Sometimes it's less, but you know, four or five guys are in that lead pack. They're dicing back and forth. Um, you know, we saw it at the at the Scusa race, the Spring Nationals, when uh, uh, Arias Duke Medjian was you know was able to come to the forefront in both races and win. And to see young drivers. You know, when, when you roll off the trailer quick and you're able to really kind of manage your race weekend, you're not just getting one win and, and struggling in the next one. Well, you can get it done on both days. I, I always just think that's because because the competition is so high. That's what's impressive to me, to be able to, to be able to 
However, how that weekend kind of evolves. Everybody's you know getting trying to get their chassis better for Sunday, but then to be able to come back and go back to back, that's always super impressive to me. Very, and you know throughout the weekend it was it was typically a three driver, maybe four driver lead pack. Uh, okay, you know with the with those four those four drivers that I I just mentioned. So it was kind of a game of chess throughout the weekend. You know, you know, kind sometimes it looked like Mars had the advantage, and then Fairburn would come in, and then. Dunkovich and Arsenault kind of threw it at her at them and but Fairburn uh came away with it uh at the end both days so it was good nice. uh Saturday Dunkovich and Mars stood on the podium with him uh and then on Sunday again like I said Fairburn led the majority of the race on Sunday uh Arsenault had a great uh, a great drive in the main event bounced back from what appeared to be a, a, a sprained wrist uh, got he brought out a red flag in the pre-final after a hard hit with oh, really? one of the barriers there. So actually drove the so went to the hospital, got his arm checked out, made sure nothing was broken, came back, started dead last, and drove all, his way all the way up to second, working past Mars uh, on the final circuit to to take second. So it was a, it was a really stellar drive. Obviously, you know, ha- wow. having the tires, you know, not going through the whole pre-final kind of helped him a little bit, but to be able to manage a sprained wrist and, and hang on the way he did was, yeah. was pretty remarkable. Wow. And a track like, uh, like uh, GoPro as well. It's got some, you know, it got some, some corners where you're just really having to hold that, you know, you're, you're obviously straining the wrists. That's, that's impressive. Well done. Well done on him. That's solid. Yeah. I would, I would think he was trying to well, drive as much one handed as he possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of that hand in the in the lap yeah. every once in a while, right? All right, let's uh, let's move into KA uh, KA one hundred Junior. Uh, obviously, new category for the season. Uh, talk tell uh, talk us a little bit about what you saw there. Yeah, this being the second event uh, with the series, uh, had some newer racers in there, including Luca Mars, who uh, who wasn't in Ocala. So Luca did a double duty weekend, racing both the uh, X thirty and the K one hundred categories. Uh, didn't quite be wasn't able to pull off wins in the X30 class, but uh, won both races in the KA100 Junior category. Uh, Saturday was a uh, photo finish, holding off Gray Ledbetter at the line by two thousandths of a second for the victory. Uh, wow. Donald Wharton ended up a close third in that race. Uh, once again on Sunday, Ledbetter was there fighting with Mars and Eric Evans, uh, driver under the. Um, uh, racing with actually uh, Xander Clements, uh, one of his uh, drivers that was there. Uh, so those three were the nice. was the lead group on Sunday. Uh, Mars was able to get away uh, on the final circuit, and then Ledbetter and Evans kind of were going back and forth for second. And so as Mars was making his way through the final corner, those two got together on the entry, uh, which allowed Mars to cruise to the checkered flag. And as with their contact, that allowed Brooke Natchman to uh, slide past for second and Wharton through for third. Uh, so it was a, it was an exciting finish that uh, obviously didn't end well for uh, Ledbetter or Evans, but uh, overall was still still a great race. No, that's uh, that final corner at GoPro. I dig it. it you know, it's one of those corners that really, I think, be, because of the, the complex of corners coming into that last corner, really sets up for. That that dive bomb move, that that aggressive move to try to get the position. That's it's one thing I really like about that racetrack. I like tracks that have that final corner really build up to see who's going to win. Well, it's probably one of the most challenging corners at the racetrack to pass at. I 
I was told that a couple of times because we'll, I'll get into that during the IMU master's class. And because it's not a straight shot to the corner, to the tur- turn in point, it's, it's a bend because there's that little kink yeah. uh, that you have there right before you, 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 you start uh, breaking to make the turn. So, you know, we, we've seen a number of races with contact there. I won't, I won't mention some other names, but <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a very tricky area to, to do it, but it, in a, in a typical race pace type deal where you're, where you're keeping the outside line to set up for the corner, it, it's a great passing opportunity as long as you don't over, over, uh, over hit the apex and, and then shoot off on the exit. So. It's it's, it's a right, fun, folks, we, fun 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 corner to watch. We've got uh, we got three categories still to go through this race report that's being brought to you this uh, this episode by Al Rudolph Racing Academy. Stay with us. We're going to talk IAMI Masters, Mini Swift, and Micro Swift when we get back from this break. The 2018 season is just around the corner, and Trinity Carney Group is fired up and ready to take up the challenge. We're a full-service racing operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. We utilize Tony Kart, OTK, and IANI products, and we're your source for Avinco Tires in the Midwest. For 2018, we have Arrive and Drive race programs available for the Supercarts USA Winter Series and the Pro Tour, the WK Manufacturers Cup, and of course, the KRA Series at Newcastle Motorsports Park. If you have your own equipment, we can provide the trackside support you need to take your program to the next level. If you're interested in running with a professional team with full support, coaching, and hospitality, give us a call. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We pride ourselves on our professional approach and our positive attitude. Driver development is a big part of our program, and if your desire is to graduate into Formula Car Racing, we are the official karting feeder operation for Team Peltry, the championship-winning junior formula squad on the Mazda Road to Indy. If IndyCar is your ultimate goal, we can help pave the way. Let us build a custom race program for you. If you're new to the sport or a seasoned pro, we can take care of your kart racing desires. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycartinggroup.com. Quality, innovation, and a commitment to success. That's TB Cart USA. Within a sea of mainstream chassis, TB Cart USA is taking the American karting market by storm, winning races all over the country. We have a full lineup of chassis for all categories, beginning with our kit and cadet carts. For Yamaha and Tag, we offer our S55 line of chassis. And for the shifter drivers, our TB Cart S197 is the perfect fit. If you're a Briggs 206 racer, you need our purpose-built four-cycle chassis that's based on our proven TB Kart S55 geometry. If you're looking for a team to race with, give us a call. We offer all levels of support, local and national events. We are here to help get you your personal racing program to the next level. Team TB Kart USA is here to work with you in achieving your goals. For more information, check us out online at www 
www.tbcarusa.com. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network, episode number 26. David Cole breaking down the most recent USPKS race, the Carolina Grand Prix, halfway point of the season at GoPro Motorplex. David, uh, let's jump back into the race report again, brought to you by the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Miami Masters, uh, good field of Masters drivers. And again, we talked from the very beginning about the fact that this really has given the East Coast Masters guys a place really to focus on, right? You know, there a lot of those guys run the Scusa Pro Tour, uh, but to be able to get, you know, three more big events with the USPKS, 18 drivers making the call uh, in North Carolina. It does, and it helps to go to the races, racetracks that people want to go to with Ocala and GoPro and Newcastle. So it definitely helps. And, and again, the racers spoke up and the series listened, and, and that's something that you, you always want to see. You want to always want to see the, the promoters and series working together with the racers themselves. So it's good to see that. Uh, on track-wise, though, uh, Lorenzo Mardan, probably one of the top Masters drivers over the last year, uh, was able to grab his first victory on the new techno cart. So sweeping the action on Saturday, he was very dominant throughout the day. Uh, the next day was a little bit different. Oh, sorry. Uh, second place on Saturday was Logan Cousy. Uh, and taking the third spot was Danny Robertson. Uh, after a number of penalties were handing out, including uh, a disqualification for weight for new Masters driver, Scott Kopp. Kopp, uh, a uh, long time. Should have had, should have had another hamburger. You know, it's it was probably the first time he had to put weight on uh, in in probably years. So yeah, right, since um, junior, <laughs> but it was actually loss of fuel. the the uh, The vent tube came out and was spilling fuel early on in the race. So a little bit of fuel over the first couple of laps, I think, cost him that half pound that he lost or that was that That's he was up shame. short. So it, it was That's because again, cop was next to Mardan was probably the, the second quickest driver uh, on the weekend. Uh, aside from Scott Roberts, who on Sunday just found the right things to change and hadn't had the right pace and just kind of dominated the day. Uh, Mardan was the fast qualifier, but after that, Roberts just kind of took control and just drove away uh, for the pre-final win. And then again, in the main event for a seven second victory uh, over Mardan. So uh, Roberts definitely needed that after two DNFs in Ocala and then another DNF on Saturday uh, with, due to contact. So, um, but again, cop who I said was probably the second quickest guy out there, uh, came from the tail of the field after D or DNF, uh, in the pre-final for contact, uh, fought his way all the way forward, uh, all the way to, uh, the, the second pack that was behind Roberts. They're kind of fighting for third mostly because Mardan kind of had second locked up there, uh, in the closing laps, but cop, I think had maybe probably five or six laps consistently where he passed in the final corner for position cleanly, no hard overtaking. Just again, you, you, if you set a driver up perfectly, just right where you get to the apex before they do, it's kind of your corner and you, you make the exit a lot cleaner than they do. And it, it was, it was pretty cool to see. So we kept calling it the cop corner uh, during well, how, how many, David, how many times have I said it in a broadcast, right? You own yeah. the apex, you own the exit. And especially at that corner, if you get to the apex first, you're the guy in the, you know, you're the, you're the first guy back onto the throttle all the way down from the final corner to turn one. So good job for cop to get the job done in the cop corner, as you say. Yeah. So he got it done. And, but as soon as he got up there to, uh, to fight for third, uh, cozy kind of 
had a little bit to respond. So they kind of went back and forth of the final couple of laps. Uh, Cozy came across the line in the third position, but a penalty to him uh, gave the position to Cop. So Cop earning a podium finish in his uh, Masters debut. Nice, nice. Okay, let's move on to Mini Swift. I know, I know that was a pretty solid uh, group of drivers, eighteen in total in, in the Mini Swift class, and you know we're just. I think we're seeing the development of some really good talent in both micro and mini. You get these kids that are really starting to understand the racecraft and the events that we see. I know, I know the race I saw at Texas Pro Kart Challenge two weeks ago was thrilling. I'm sure you had exactly the same thing in Mini Swift down at GoPro. It was because I think the entire field was the lead pack. Uh, it, <laughs> I mean, there, it really wasn't unless like some contact shuffled up the group. You know, it, it was really anybody's ball game throughout the weekend, but. Obviously, nice. when you qualify up front, it, it, it really helps. And, and that kind of led Sebastian NG and Adam Brickley to uh, to be able to leave the weekend with a victory to each of them. Uh, NG was the dominant driver on Saturday, nearly pulling off a sweep. But uh, Brickley had a heat win in there, so it wasn't a complete sweep. But Brickley gave him challenge throughout the entire final. Uh, and NG was able to uh, to beat Brickley at the line for the victory. Uh, Paige Crawford had a solid third position as the rest of the field battled for fourth behind them. On Sunday, Brickley kind of took the reins and and was the driver to beat on Sunday after uh, Miguel Costa qualified P1. He got kind of shuffled back in the pre-final. Uh, Brickley kind of went and took off, to, won the pre-final, and then uh, it was a fight throughout the final with NG. Uh, this one ended up being decided in the last corner, the cop corner where uh brick you know ng just gave brickley enough room to get to the inside and again like you said if you're at the apex you own it and brickley took it and uh, was able to to race his way to the to the stripe and the checkered flag for the victory just ahead of Paige crawford and jace park who were able to slip past ng in that final corner again for second and third Ooh. wow okay what about uh, what about the young guys uh, and girls in the micro swift category? Uh, micro swift was again the Ben Mayer and Caleb Gaffar show. Uh, each of them took a victory of their own, uh, as they did in Ocala. So it was kind of a repeat, except this time we had uh, Gavin Bushell uh, out there battling with them. Uh, hey, Ocala, yep. is this is this another weekend with Ben Mayer getting get Ben Mayer with a win? Well, again, he left Pittsburgh without a win. That's the only one, he got, but he gets right so, back on the horse. That's he, good for he him. He got right back on the horse. He did. Oh, um, probably, I remember I was talking about could, that. Yeah, almost could have had both wins, but again, uh, Grafar stealing the stealing the one victory uh, on Sunday. Uh, Bochelle has been really good over the last two months, uh, kind of a new driver to the Nitro Kart uh, roster. Uh, so he and Mayer kind of dueled it out for the, for the victory on Saturday, and Mayer was able to come away. Uh, and Max Garcia placing third uh, in his Cart Republic debut at Cart Sport North America. Uh, Sunday, Grafar ended up joining Gavin and uh, Mayer at the front of the field. This time wasn't shuffled back or, or losing the draft and, and fought his way and hung on with the two leaders. Uh, Mayer and Gavin kind of went back and forth, back and forth for the lead as kind of Grafar kind of hung on, hung on and hung on. And then finally on the last lap, took the lead and was able to shut the door on both Mayer and uh, Bochelle for uh, the victory and leading the last and only circuit. That's going to be a pretty solid championship battle, I think, in that category. 
it's going to be tight uh, with with Mayer and Gaffar each winning two races and and finishing either second, third, or fourth here or there. Uh, it, it's going to come down to to maybe the last lap on Sunday wow. at Newcastle. We'll we'll, we'll have to wait. <laughs> I like and see. that. I like that. Start you you start going head to head. You finish going head to head. That's awesome. Well, folks, there you go. That's the race report from David Cole, who was trackside all weekend long at GoPro Motorplex. And again, thank you to Alan Rudolph Racing Academy for uh, presenting our race report here, episode number 26 of the EKN Debrief. David, uh, that wraps things up from that. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. Let's uh, let's jump into the, the EKN Trackside Live race calendar. Let's cap off this podcast and chat a little bit about where we're going to be going over the next month. This particular uh, run through the calendar presented by Nitro Karts. If you've got a racer just starting out in cadet racing or already racing but ready to take the next step onto the podium, you need a Nitro Kart. 2018 has already seen many Nitro Kart driver score wins in SCUSA, WKA, and USPKS competition, and even more at the club level. Whether you're racing two-cycle or four-cycle, Nitro Kart has you covered with the best cadet chassis on the market. Nitro Kart, race one or chase one. All right, David, we're going to hit uh, four events that we have on the EK and Trackside Live Tour presented by Cooper Tires. July 15th, 13th, 14th, 15th, essentially, I don't know how this happened, but you get a month off to hang out at home. That's solid. Yeah, hanging out at home. That's exactly what I'm doing. Uh, trying trying to fit in a race here or two, maybe for me, uh, take the, yeah. the family there. We'll see what happens. But uh, That's what I want to hear. Yeah. Um, but again, after after this break, it's it's nonstop go 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 as as we know yeah. uh, in this business. So no doubt, no doubt. So uh, July thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth, you're off to Concept Hollers Motor Speedway in Norway, Illinois, the old school track that had uh, had had many many major series: the WK Constructors Championship, Manufacturers Cup, Scusa Pro Tour, a Pro Moto Tour back then. Uh, the WK Manufacturers Cup, though, heading back for their event uh, middle of July. Yep, and it's going to be the site of the throwdown, the Franklin Motorsports Throwdown, KA100 category. They're the coveted yes. sword, throwdown <laughs> sword, is coming back and is going to be up for grabs Sunday main event. So that'll be exciting like to that. see. And then also also WK has the uh, discounted entry fees for uh, all the Yamaha categories, whether it be uh, uh, senior or sportsman. So that'll be uh, fun to watch. Take it. Uh, a week later, uh, I'm back. Actually, actually that, that weekend when you're at, at Concept Hollers, I'm in Toronto for the IndyCar race and the, the Mazda Road to Indy. week later, though, I get to go back and smell some, uh, some cart fuel and some cart oil. Uh, Texas Pro Kart Challenge out at the Amarillo Kart Circuit on July 20th, 21st, and 22nd. I'm super jacked to get out to that racetrack. Uh, you know, local guy in Amarillo finds shifter carts, loves them. I, I want to say he's a dentist or an orthodontist. He goes, I need, I need a place to drive my cart. <laughs> so he builds his own racetrack 10 miles outside Amarillo. It's a copy of uh, the Formula One track in Istanbul, Turkey. And the rave reviews from guys that were on it last year. I'm hearing Josh Lane's going to come out to play. I've been told there probably is going to be a team coming in from Colorado. There's some uh, some Scusa drivers from the Pro Kart Challenge in California. They're going to come out to play. I'm pretty jacked to get out to Amarillo. I just I, I love coming to tracks I've never been to before. And like you, I'm going to do whatever I can to see if I can't you know get behind the wheel of something. I got to go out and get a couple of laps in this place. That's that's July 2021 20, 22. It'll be a hot one. There's no In-N-Out burger right out there, which is a little bit of a disappointment. But the big Texan is there, so we'll see. 
Well, if if we all had some land like that, I mean, wouldn't we all want to build our own racetrack? Would would you not? No I mean, doubt. I mean, I, some people actually in the Wisconsin area do. I think. I think a couple racers have like a, a mini go kart track. Hell, the Taylors have one, or Hayden Duerson's down in right. Florida have one in their in their driveway. So again, it's their front driveway. Yeah, it it's possible. It's it may not be the most safest thing to do. But this one in, in Amarillo is looks phenomenal, and it does. It, it, it does has to be a place you want to go to. So we are uh, the Ecan Trackside Live program. We'll be banging them out. So David's at uh, Manufacturers Cup at, at Norway. Uh, a week later, I go to Texas Pro Car Challenge again, all live on the Ecan Radio Network e- on Ecan. Ecartingnews.com backslash live. Rob, can we remember that? Not on the yes. radio network. Not on the radio network. I yeah. Later on, it'll be on the radio network. Once you get the, the the files up, so I go to Texas a week later. You're you're to Newcastle, and you spend a lot of time in Newcastle. But you're going to Newcastle, July 27, 28, 29, USPKS finale. All the guys that we just talked about, the classes we talked about, the great racing we talked about, it heats up at Newcastle because it's time to crown. Yeah, there the there is no championship decided yet. That's for sure. A lot a lot yeah. of different contenders in in all the uh, seven IAMI categories there. Uh, K is going to be exciting to watch the, the IAMI pro IAMI junior is kind of a toss up with, with two drivers who have only been to one event winning. So it, it kind of puts the, the, the mid packers in at top of the podium or at top of the championship standing. So a lot of different, uh, scenarios that could happen throughout that weekend, not to mention all of the pro tour guys that are coming into the prep. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, so so let's uh, shine the, the essentially the national spotlight on Newcastle Motorsports Park for a couple of weeks. Uh, July 27, 28, 28, 29, the finale for the USPKS. Just two weeks later, we're live again uh, on EKN, the Supercarts USA Pro Tour Summer Nationals, which is the finale as well. So back-to-back finales separated by about 10 days, USPKS and Scusa Pro Tour at Newcastle. And as you said, David, there's going to be people coming in to the USPKS race to try to get a feel for it. And then they're going to come to the Scusa race two weeks later. We'll be there, of course, live uh, on EKN. Man, that that race is going to be big. I, I'm I'm excited about Newcastle. I think th- I, I expect they're going to be back to probably 230, 240, it 250 in terms one. of entries. Um, you know, it's Newcastle. It's, it's a place we all want to go to. Uh, it's a place people want to win at. It's a people. It's a place where people have a lot of experience. And maybe haven't quite won there yet. So, it, lots of different opportunities to 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 be there and to win. Uh, not to mention WK is going to be there the next month after. So, uh, three three Newcastle events. Not to mention all the other different special events they have going on uh, at Newcastle, Indiana. So, uh, always a great place to go to. Let's wrap up this debrief episode number twenty six. This particular episode presented by Cartlift. Uh, David, to wrap up the weekend, let's talk uh, weather. Let's talk racing. I want to talk racecraft a little bit. I know we've got about two or three minutes left here in the, in the podcast. Uh, bef- go into the weather, talk a little bit about the overview, but then let's come back and talk a bit about what your thoughts were in terms of racecraft and what that push bu- the pushback bumper has been doing so far for USPKS. Well, yeah, that's good. I actually forgot to mention about something because something that somebody mentioned, mentioned to me on the weekend was yep. – the 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 X30 and the K100 they're kind of producing pack racing and it's something that we we didn't used to see with the old tag formats or even in say Rotax racing because there was always those one or two or three people that would just kind of walk away 
and you know they had the engine package they had the chassis package now it's it's really more focused on it has to be the driver and the engine packages are very so very similar especially the ka100 it, it all really depends on the drivers hitting their marks and making sure the chassis is working to the abilities that it, they need it to be so so when you talk racecraft, i think that's one thing we also have to look at is we have a lot more pack racing so it, it yeah, in turn okay. causes it causes more contact really because we have so many different drivers vying for the same piece of real estate uh but again this weekend you know the pushback bumpers it it does its job especially at the starts we we don't see these these five to ten carts getting piled up in turn one on the opening lap that we used to see especially in a field of 30 pros uh the 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 30 pros got through the opening laps without any incidents whatsoever so the pushback bumper is doing its job there and and you know people there's still some naysayers about it uh you know i being one because i would just get rid of the the front nose period but um (laughs) but uh you know it's it's doing its job and and we're really seeing a better racecraft because of it you know what that and that's good to hear and if First and foremost, we, we're not getting those first lap, first corner things, where, uh, you know, scenarios where guys just, and we see it, we see it all the time on, on people when they post their onboard camera, they just go barrel into the turn number one, hammer the guy in front of them and hope they come out on the other side. If it's stopping that, and I know it is, it's, it stopped it in, in, at the Scusa race we've seen so far for the most part, you're seeing it at the USPKS. If it's getting the job done, then it's the bottom line is it's good out of the box. No doubt about it. Dave, hot weekend for you, as you said, hot, humid, but some great racing. Any final words to cap off this debrief of the USPKS Carolina Grand Prix? Yeah, I'm hoping Norway uh, in a month won't be as a high heat index as it was in Mooresville. Or, yeah, in <laughs> yeah, Mooresville. Yeah. yeah, David, uh, <laughs> Illinois in July, never very warm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, I don't you know, think you're going to... That, we, we just need more shade around around these racetracks. There's no tree. Like a full bubble. Yeah. Like maybe like a full umbrella. Just, right? just a tree or two. Just something we can hide <laughs> under. That's a couple of trees, please. Yep. True enough. All right, Dave. Thank you so much. What a great update from David Cole, the EKN debrief on the most recent round of the US PKS series. Of course, David, as we said, will uh, be heading to uh, Newcastle Motorsports Park for their finale, which takes place on July 27th, 28th. 29. Big thanks to Mark Coates, uh, obviously a huge partner for EKN, asking us to come out uh, and, and be part of the action with our EKN trackside live, live coverage. And a big thank you to Tim Coyne as well, the voice of the USPKS. Well, we're done. We've got uh, a lot of races, as you said, but you know, a little break in the action, at least for David and for the EKN trackside live. I've got a couple of IndyCar races to go to, Road America, uh, Iowa, and Toronto before I'm back to a car track, but excited to get out to the Texas Pro Car Challenge again. News coming out about the Supercarts USA Pro Tour as well. Pardon me, the Super Nationals. Hotel's now open. I saw that posted uh, on EKN. David got it up. Excited to see that uh, Super Nationals now on the horizon for this November as we head back to the Rio. That's going to wrap things up for this uh, edition of the EKN Debrief on the EKN Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for joining us. On behalf of David Cole, I'm Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>